podcasting from the great state of Texas, home to cowboys, boots, and stars that are big and bright, comes a podcast host that sparkles wherever she goes. This is Gums and Gossip. She's the dental educator behind the mask and the hygienist with a lot of heart, ready to share her advice, her stories, and her special guests from the other side of the dental chair. And now, here's your host, Hope Lloyd. Hey everyone, I am Hope and this is Gums and Gossip Podcast and I am so excited today to be sharing Audrey Christopher and she has some amazing goats and she lives in Tennessee with a farm and I am so excited and I want to welcome Audrey to the show. Hi Hope, thanks so much for having me. Um, so we are based in Clinton, Tennessee, and I own and operate Christopher's Overlook. So we are a sustainable agritourism farm. So we do experiences both on the farm for the public to come and meet the goats and learn about agriculture, but we also do virtual experiences, which is really fun because I get an opportunity to meet people that wouldn't necessarily have a chance to travel to Tennessee. And that's how we met. <laughs> And so, yeah, so to explain to everybody, this is what ended up happening. It was, I love just meeting people and talking to people. And um, I ha always have these mutual connections. And I always tell people, I feel like you're meant to, people are, when you're meant to meet somebody, you just meet somebody. And we ended up clicking pretty quickly because I was supposed to be doing a retreat and it was for serendipity. It was a business retreat and we had, it was a safari themed. And so my business partner had done, it was through Airbnb and we had met, it was an experience through there and it was coffee with the goats, coffees and conversations. And I thought that was the coolest thing. So it was part of our theme. And when our Airbnb got double booked and we ended up having to go home, I ended up doing this and meeting Audrey. And I got to see how amazing her goats were and how amazing she is. And I grew up in the city, so I don't know much about goats. And just to see their little friendly faces and personality. So I have Audrey on the show. With all the hustle and bustle of the holidays, I thought this would be a fun podcast to share her and her goats and her lifestyle and throw in maybe some goat teeth and their personalities, what they do in their morning routines and how they function and how it helps her on the farm. And they literally have become your kids, right? Yes, literally. <laughs> Tell my audience how you came about with the goat and then maybe share a couple of the stories. I know you shared when we did the experience, you started off and I loved how you started off and how you introduced everybody. So share with my audience the introduction of what you you and your goats. So we purchased our farm in December 2019, and it used to be a cattle operation, just kind of a small family farm up until the late 90s. And then the couple that owned the farm, they kind of got older, so they phased out of the livestock portion and just kind of had the land. And so a lot of the pastures grew up and became overgrown, almost like wooded forests. <laughs> and so it wasn't necessarily prime farming land uh, when we bought it, but we saw so much potential behind it. And we knew 
like what it could be. So fast forward to April 2020, and we had tried clearing some of the land and had poison ivy about three, four times in a month. And so we were pretty tired of being itchy all the time. So we're like, that's it. We're getting goats. We know that they'll help with the poison ivy. And they're also like a sustainable um, use of clearing. So they don't need gasoline like a lawnmower or a weed whack or anything like that. So we bought them and they were, so we started out with five boys. Do goats get poison ivy? Yeah, they actually, they eat poison ivy like it's candy. When they go into a new area, the first thing they do is try to find the vines, the highest vines on the tree, and they eat from the top down. And they don't get itchy, and it also doesn't, like the oil doesn't bother their mouth or their digestive system at all. So they are a great way to get rid of it because it's really, really hard to try to get rid of if we were to try to just either spray it or pull it down with our hands, which is like a terrible idea. (laughs) Not recommended. (laughs) Yes, definitely don't recommend that. (laughs) So you ended up, continue with your story, sorry for interrupting, but like with with the goats, you ended up deciding you were going to get five goats, right? Yep. So we went to this family farm. It was so beautiful. We were like, wow, this is exactly how we want our farm to be. And so we picked up these beautiful five little boys and a young goat is called a kid. And these boys um, are called weathers if they're not for breeding. And so we got our five weathers. We put them in the back of our Jeep because we didn't have a trailer or anything. So they're just riding in the car with us on the way home. And we're ecstatic. We're like, this is so exciting. Day one of farming. Like, this is so great. And what kind of goats were they? We have Nigerian dwarfs. So they are like a miniature breed. So they're about 40 pounds full grown. And they're like a, a medium-sized dog. They're very friendly, very easy to handle. They've got great personality, but they're still tall enough to like reach the poison ivy on the trees. They all were driving with you? Yes. <laughs> so we put the back seat of the Jeep down and we put a tarp down and then put some like pine shavings in there. And then we just had five baby goats in the back seat of our car on a two hour drive home. And as soon as we got on the highway, they all kind of calmed down and slept and they just slept in the car. And that was not the last time we've had goats in the car, <laughs> but it was the first. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> We brought them home and when we got home, it was dark. So we put them um, like in an area to kind of closed off. We put them in an old shed so they'd be safe and locked up and just in a nice little protected spot. And then in the morning, we were going to let them out into the pasture and kind of see the property. And so we put them out there and we didn't realize that they as babies had not had any experience with an electric fence, which is the kind of fencing that we have. Um, And so we just let them out. They were jumping around and then they all huddled into a corner of the fencing and then got zapped and they're small. So then they just run straight through the fence and then we're like, oh no, all of our goats are just scattering around our front pasture. And they want to be at the top of the hill and we live in the mountains. So they're heading up the hill. How many acres do you have? We have 18 acres 
and the front pasture area was about five. So they scurried across those five acres. They're heading towards the road, heading towards the neighbor's houses. And we noticed that one, what he was chasing Austin while Austin was chasing his four brothers. And so I yell across the pasture. I'm like, Austin, get the one that's chasing you. So he scoops him up. And so we have one of the five. This is early in the morning. We're in our pajamas. We had not met our neighbors yet. <laughs> so <laughs> we're chasing goats through the neighborhood, kind of knocking on doors like, hey, do you mind putting your dogs inside? Because our goats are, I'm really sorry, but running all over your land. And we're trying to catch them. And they didn't know us. They didn't know, the goats didn't know us. They didn't know where home was anymore because this was a brand new area. So they had no sense of like direction other than let's go up the mountain. So they all ran off. We weren't able to catch any of the other ones other than that one. And at this point, we're like panicking because they're so tiny. They're maybe like 10 pounds. They're like a large chihuahua at this point. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and we just let them loose into the wilderness. And there's about 3,000 acres of just privately owned forested and farms like that back up to our street. So we were like, oh my gosh, there's no way we're going to find them. But we still had the one. And so we named him Tom Hanks after the movie Castaway because it was he was the lone survivor. <laughs> That's how we got Tom, how we got Tommy. Um, and he was a bottle baby. So he naturally had a lot more um, like human interaction. Uh, he was born, they're all born on Christmas week and the family that raised them brought him inside as kind of like a fun holiday thing. The kids get to feed him over Christmas. Um, so thankfully he was so social that he wanted to be with us rather than with his brothers. So we went from five down to one and we're like, what do we do with Tom? Because he is so lonely. He's just yelling. He's crying. Like, where did everyone go? Because goats don't do well solo. They definitely need to have like their herd. And so I put him on a leash. I'm walking the road. He's crying. I'm like, maybe he'll call his siblings back. No sign of them. So then we're like, oh my gosh, do we even deserve to be goat parents? Like, did we, did we just let all of our babies out to go like find the coyotes? <laughs> and so we're considering like, do we take Tom back? Like, what do we do? So we called the family that we bought the goats from and they're like, calm down. It's okay. Like, this is normal. Like all farmers have like issues all the time. You'll get them. This is not a personal thing that you guys did wrong. <laughs> You'll get through this. So then we're like, okay, well, Tom can't make it through the night alone because he's just so emotionally distraught. So I send my husband, Austin, to go get two more goats from a different farm that was close by and to make sure that they were trained to an electric fence. So Austin takes the Jeep, still set up with shavings and <laughs> the tarp in the back from the day before. So he drives off to go buy two more goats and... That's how we ended up with Nanny. So she was four years old when we got her and she is so mellow and like the perfect addition. And she had a little baby who we named Wilson, like the volleyball, um, again in Castaway to keep Tom Hanks company. So now we're up to three 
And the three of them spend the night. We put them in their little goat house that we had whipped together in like two hours. <laughs> so I was not very handy at the time. It's made of like wood glue and nails. Like <laughs> we called it the shanty shack because it was very humble abode. <laughs> I'm sure they loved it because they were probably, you know, sometimes it's not that y'all have such beautiful lands and everything else. They were probably just making themselves right at home. So yeah, perfect. Then we put them in their little house and we left the gate open to the pasture thinking, hmm, maybe the goats will come back overnight. Like all we can do is just pray that they will come back. And the next morning, we get a call from the neighbor and he's like, hey, I see your goats there on my ridge. And so he is way up at the peak of the mountain. So about two properties above us. And his driveway is so, so steep. You have to be in four wheel drive just to get up there. So again, first time we're meeting these people. And <laughs> so we get up there, you know, again, in our pajamas, tired. We're like, OK, how do we catch goats you know it's like rugby and they're tiny and fast and we're in the woods and they can just run straight under a bush and so we went up there we tried to catch them we realized that this plan was not working and so we went back we got some food for them and we set that out on the mountain we're like okay they'll cluster to food they have to be hungry and when we came back, Tom Hanks had weaseled his way out of the little house and was standing on a stump in the middle of the yard, yelling. <laughs> so you're so frazzled and you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Aww. So we got Tom Hanks back in his house with Nanny and Wilson and the neighbor calls again. He says the goats are back. So we get up there and we had called a couple of the other neighbors. So now there's about seven of us and slowly and surely over the course of the entire day of like army crawling through the woods and kind of corralling them into like areas where they'd be blocked off and then snatching one at a time um the one that's closest to us we were able to get all of them back so first one we we grabbed was waylinson and all of the boys have the same dad or a buck and his name was waylon and like Waylon Jennings. And so in order for us to kind of give a little tribute to Waylon, we named him Waylon Sun because he's also the only purebred Nigerian dwarf. So a little easy way for us to remember that Waylon Sun should look just like Waylon, who he was like Chewbacca. He was so hairy and had the craziest goat beard <laughs> and the huge, huge horns. <laughs> we loved it. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> And then next one we were able to get is Silas. And we named him after um, the story in the Bible where Paul and Silas are in prison and the walls fall down and Paul and Silas don't run, they don't leave. And we're like, okay, Silas, we are naming you so that you will not run away again. To date, he has never run away. And then the next one we got was Stephen. And we actually didn't name him for a bit. We gave our good friend who was deployed in the Navy a chance to give us some goat names. And his name is Stephen. And he gave us some super awful ones like Duke Terror and, you know, all these <laughs> not family friendly things that 
I don't want to call my goat Duke Terra. <laughs> Just in case anyone ever asks you to name an animal, you better give some good names or that animal's just going to become a junior. So he is just Stephen Jr. Because Stephen Sr. didn't give us any good names that we that we thought were good. <laughs> Naming an animal, you sometimes you have to get to know their personality and everything, but then sometimes the name becomes their personality. Oh, 100%. Steven is twins with the very last boy that we were able to get home. And we named him Alcatraz because getting Alcatraz home, we didn't even catch him. We just kind of corralled him down the mountain, put Tom Hanks in the front yard. So he starts yelling. Alcatraz and Tom are then like yelling at each other. And then it's kind of like a slow motion scene in the movie where like someone's running through the meadow to <laughs> their, this other person and Alcatraz is like leaping through the uh, field and comes to see Tom and then we can corral him back into their fence. And um, at that point, we had also built kind of like a permanent fence with like um, actual fencing material. So it wasn't just electric. So we're like, whew, they'll be here for the night. <laughs> they can't get out anymore. And that's how we went from five to one to three to seven goats. <laughs> it's great that y'all were able to capture everybody because just to have all those goats everywhere, I mean, there was so much potential for something to happen to one of those babies or to hurt yourself trying to find things. So you were very blessed by getting seven and seven's a lucky number. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it was nothing short of a miracle and definitely not like any of our own um, strengths or reason that like, we are not the reason the goats came home. Like <laughs> we didn't do anything right for them to come home. <laughs> feeding them really good food and your warmth, your warmth and the food, yeah. <laughs> I think brought them all back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's funny because if the boys had never run off, we wouldn't have Wilson and Nanny in our herd. And I can't imagine not having the girls as part of our herd because they are, they're so sweet and just like the perfect addition of sass. But Nanny is so calm that she teaches all of the babies when they were young, like not to react to loud noises. So 4th of July, Nanny's asleep in their house and doesn't care about fireworks. So, you know, all the babies are like, oh, loud noises, no big deal. Hunting season, you know, you can hear things in the background. Nanny doesn't react, so the babies don't react. So she is able to pass on like her calm demeanor onto the babies, which was so great because they feed off of each other and like if one gets riled up all the others will get riled up so to have like just a, a calm presence <laughs> when you look to your mom and your mom's like it's okay then everyone else is like all right it is okay <laughs> and you have such a calm presence too to be able to track you know you have that nurturing the gums and gossip podcast will be right back after a quick break from our sponsors With Hope Lloyd. Did you grow up, you said you grew up on farms or so you kind of knew a little bit with animals, but just had never had goats, right? 
Yes, yeah, so I grew up um, through 4-H and Future Farmers of America, which they call FFA and Pony Club. So all of my experience was with dairy cattle and horses and then some backyard chickens. I have my bachelor's in animal science and then a grad certificate in sustainable ag and I'm finishing up my master's in agriculture as well. So I was like, you know, I know a lot. Goats can't be that hard but goats are very different from cows. <laughs> they get into trouble a lot. They, they have really strong and unique personalities and um, they're a whole different ball game, even though they're like a ruminant and they have a lot of similar anatomy completely different aspect. <laughs> True. So when I got to be introduced to the goats, it was through the Airbnb experience and we did, it was coffee with the goats. And so you had a story about how the goats and coffee, and I wanted you to share that with the listeners about how coffee maybe, you know, kind of intertwined with your experience. Yes. So the legend of how coffee was discovered is that there was a um, goat shepherd in Ethiopia. His name is Kaldi. I might be pronouncing that wrong, um, but he had his herd of goats and they goats are browsers. So they like to eat a little bit of this bush, a little bit of this grass, a little bit of this tree. And he noticed that they were munching on this new bush that he hadn't really seen before. And it had these berries. And those berries were actually the coffee cherry. <laughs> and the goats were nibbling on that. And then they had coffee and caffeine. So they are dancing, essentially, because goats are very energetic animals to begin with. And I cannot imagine a goat hyped up on caffeine. <laughs> so they're bounding around and um, all hyped up on caffeine and essentially like dancing because Goats love to play and jump and kind of spar. So I can only imagine how entertaining, but also like confusing. You're like, did my goats eat mushrooms? Like <laughs> what's going on? And so that's how they discovered the coffee plant and caffeine. Legend has it. <laughs> and that is the legend of the goats and the coffee. I loved that. I yes. thought that story was so cute. And, um, and then we proceeded, we were talking, I was watching the goats. And so, um, just so the listeners know, each goat does have its own personality. Like we said, it was so cute to sit there and watch. And I'm going to actually share on social media with Audrey. She's going to send me some pictures. They have a Christmas ritual. I guess they have Christmas sweaters and she does all kinds of fun things with the goat. So tell everybody what you do for the holidays. So this Christmas, the goats are going to be in our hometown parade, which will be the first time for that, and hopefully an annual tradition. There's a theme. The theme this year is a white Christmas. So I was like, okay, I can dress the goats up as reindeer because they're brown, they're fuzzy, they already have some horns, so it wouldn't take much creativity and imagination to kind of transform them into a reindeer and kind of have them in the parade. And... So I went to our local thrift store and I got like a miscellaneous Christmas bag of some goodies and some um, attire for them thinking, you know, I dress Tom Hanks up all the time for holidays. Like, you know, what's the difference between like something red or green or something that has bells on it? Hadn't thought about that. Oh, right. So you could actually find if they got away, you could hear the bells. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> 
so I put these cute little outfits on them and they were not having it. They did not like the bells. And essentially, I kind of felt like the Grinch, like chasing them around. And they were like, no, I don't want Christmas. <laughs> so eventually, Tom Hanks was like, ah, I'll, he likes to nibble on things. So he's like, instead of wearing it, you know, I'll just chew on all this stuff. And slow and steady, I was able to like get his little sweater on and put um, a little bell around his neck, kind of like reindeer, getting him kind of in like the sleigh attire. Um, And then some extra antlers to go on him as well. And he was all about it. Once it was on him, he didn't mind. I was giving him treats and he'll do anything for snacks. But then the other goats are like, what is this? And so Tom is trying to play with his siblings and they're terrified. Like they are just running away like he has the plague and and Tom's like guys wait for me (laughs) I'm like oh man this parade is gonna go great good thing we started started early with some exposure therapy (laughs) so when you do the parade do you have leashes or something or you just let them run you actually have a leash on the Oh, man. Yeah, no, if they were free range, they'd be eating everyone's Christmas tree, all the ornaments, candy canes, they'd be all over town. (laughs) (laughs) So So, I didn't realize they made goat leashes. Yes, yeah. So they have, um, since our goats are a miniature breed, we have to use like a small halter. And they also have horns. So it makes it um, a little bit difficult when it comes to like putting slipping something quickly over your head. So they have these adjustable halters um, that they use a lot for sheep. And they have a lead rope attached to them. So once you get it over their head, um, very similar to like a horse halter, and then you have a little lead rope. And so then you're able to steer them that way. And a lot of people also use something kind of like a dog collar and a leash that way. Um, Our goats were not, we started with that, but they didn't really like that. So we switched to the halters and they're, they're much happier having um, like something on their face rather than on their neck. We also discussed their teeth. And I thought that was so interesting. So she was, when she was on camera and we were doing this experience, she was showing me how funny it was with the teeth and they look like dentures. So I wanted you to describe because goat's teeth are quite different. I know they're born with different teeth. They chew a lot. So, you know, they wear their teeth a lot and the function of them. So I wanted you to describe like their teeth. Do you brush their teeth? Do you do? anything fancy with their teeth and just kind of we'll talk teeth talk with the goats yeah so goats actually have a really interesting mouth they are ruminants and so that means that they chew their cud they're in um, kind of the same very similar to cows and so they actually don't have top teeth so when you look at them they have a, a hard palate or like this really hard gum and they have a full set of bottom teeth, and then they just have a few top molars. So if you flip their lips up, they literally look like someone who is missing their dentures. And it's so silly. (laughs) And sometimes um, it's called the Fleming response. They'll flip their lip up to kind of smell the air. And it just is, every time I see it, I laugh because you're just expecting like a mouthful of teeth and there's no teeth. But the way it works, um, because they eat our herbivores, so they don't really need any sort of like incisors or canines for like the ripping of anything. So they just eat like grass and sticks. 
So they'll use kind of their molars, like they'll kind of put a stick in the side of their mouth and like chomp down the stick using their molars and then chew on it that way. And then since they're ruminants, they'll swallow it and then they'll spit up their, it's called their cud, and then chew it again to break it down even more and then re-swallow it. So when you see them out there looking like they're like a baseball player with a big cheek of bubblegum, that's them chewing their cud and ruminating and like a, a second phase of digesting all of that stuff. How many times a day do your goats actually eat? Because I know they're on the property and they're doing all that and they've actually helped clear away a lot of your land and which was a bonus, but they're eating throughout the day, correct? Yes, they don't necessarily have like timed meals. We feed them just a snack of grain in the morning and the evening to kind of create a little bit of a routine. And again, if they were to ever get out, they would know that they get some goodies for breakfast and some goodies for dinner, but they eat all day. And so they'll snack and then they'll lay down, they'll have a little bit of a nap and they'll ruminate and then they'll go like 20 minutes later, right back out to eating. And it is amazing how much they eat for these little 30, 40 pound goats. They'll eat all day and they will clear out bushes, trees, grass, like flowers, anything in the area. They will And they it. actually, with the weather and everything, they, they don't mind like any of the different climate changes, do they? Yeah, they're very hardy. So up until about 20 degrees Fahrenheit, they, without wind, they are comfortable because they'll grow this second coat, like a dual coat, like a dog. And Wilson actually has cashmere because certain goats, different breeds, they'll grow cashmere coats in the winter. And she is so soft. I'll just dig my fingers into her fluffy little coat and underneath there, she is toasty warm. So she will be out when it's snowing or raining. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't face her. She's totally comfortable. Everyone else is in their house and they're looking at her like she's crazy. But she basically has this built-in parka <laughs> and she can go eat whenever she wants and the weather doesn't face her. And so all the goats now, they're tell they're how old now? All of the boys are going to be two this Christmas. And Wilson is about a year and a half, and then Nanny will be five. And they all get along really well. They've kind of learned to adapt and cope, and they all kind of, which is so interesting. It's like the, like you said, your kids, literally, you know, that they they even have a dog friend, right? Yes. So we have a farm dog. Her name is Sinka, and she didn't grow up farming. Like before we moved here, we lived in an apartment. So she was very used to like condo life, city life. And we moved to the farm and it's like, she's a completely different dog. She gets the zoomies. She's nine. And so she's now living out like the dream dog life in her senior years. She gets along really well with the goats. She's actually the bottom rung. So the goats will push her around instead of like the opposite. They have no fear of her, which is good because that kind of teaches them some confidence. And if another stray dog did ever come around, the goats aren't afraid of them and they will actually like stand their ground, which being a like very typical prey animal, their fight or flight instinct is really strong. So normally goats will run when they see something and then that kind of kicks into gear if there was something there that wanted to chase them, they'd be like, oh, wow, this is so fun. Let's go chase these things. But since our goats are extremely confident, (laughs) 
I would hope that that would never happen. And we actually had a neighbor pig come and visit. And she was about 300 pounds, huge pig. And she loves acorns. So she got out because a tree fell down on her fence and pigs are very smart. So they're like, yes, freedom. So she comes wandering down to the goats because um, she could smell like their hay and their food. And the goats were like, what is that? Like, it smells funny. It looks funny. Like, it's huge. And so they start like snorting because they have kind of like a sound the alarm noise. So they're like huffing and snorting. And then the pig is like oinking. So then <laughs> there's all sorts of noises going on. And actually little Nanny, who she's kind of a scrawny little girl, she goes and she's standing between the pig and all of her kids behind her. And she was like, bring it pig. And she was about to go down. Like she was going to risk her life <laughs> for this pig, for her babies. But the pig was so sweet. But now I'm like, okay, nanny is like, she's got the best maternal instinct and she is so good to these babies. So none of them now can have babies or anything. They're not, bre- you're not breeding any of them, right? Yeah. So right now the boys, um, they're not, they're not able to breed, but the two girls, Um, with goats, you castrate the males and then just have your females. So that's kind of an easy way of like being able to have males and females coexist in one herd. So then they can all be together. But Wilson will be breeding age this spring. And we haven't quite decided if we want to breed her. She will make the cutest, most beautiful babies because she's got that white and black and a little bit of brown in there, like cashmere. And her eyes are this very light tan with blue rings. She's just a beautiful goat, but man, is she a sassy diva. So (laughs) I don't know if I want to deal with Wilson as a mom (laughs) and all those hormones. (laughs) Funny hormones, you know, I guess you don't think about that, but I guess goats do get their hormones as well. Yep. So they'll... They're, they're not um, pregnant for as long as humans. It's a much shorter gestation period. Um, and they actually will have like multiples. So usually you'll get about two to three goat kids um, per mom. So your herd can explode exponentially <laughs> if you start breeding. And then you have all these babies in the spring, which is, they're so cute and they're so tiny and their voices are it's like ear piercing, but it's adorable at the same time. <laughs> and then are you up like all night trying to like feed them and make sure they're okay and all that? So it's pretty stressful on, on y'all's end to have to do that because both of y'all have jobs as well. Yes. Um, so breeding season and um, like kidding season, what as they call it when it's time for them to have babies, a lot of people will put like baby monitors out in your barn and there's a couple like physical signs before they go into labor. You'd have a pretty good idea within like a 24 hour window. Um, but a lot of farmers end up sleeping in the barns like during kidding and lambing season, because just in case they needed some assistance, you're there. And, um, you know, we love our animals. And so it's just a special time to like be able to see an animal that you raised from a baby, like then become a mom. And then like the the whole generational thing of your herd, it's just a really cool aspect to be able to witness. But yeah, my husband and I also work full-time. I work for a nonprofit, the Alliance to Save Energy. So I do um, STEM classroom education. And then my husband is an engineer. So 
we <laughs> we work full time and then farm full time. And well. then do you have to get up super early to be able to feed them? Like, what is your schedule? Give everybody what your schedule would be during the day. Like, what would be a normal daily schedule? So for our herd, I've been very intentional about not having their feeding times be exactly the same every day because my schedule is pretty flexible and I want them to know that generally in the morning they'll get fed and generally in the evening they'll get fed. So I'll feed them like before 9 a.m. Um, but never at the same time every day so that instead of standing at the fence line and yelling like, mom, it's breakfast time. <laughs> they'll, they'll know to just go eat in the woods and, you know, clear some grass out. And then when they see mom, it's time for breakfast. And then the same thing in the evening, we try to feed them before sunset. So that changes year round. In the summer, they get fed much later. And in the winter, as the days get shorter, they get fed around like 4 p.m. because I don't like going out in the dark in the headlights. Right. <laughs> so it's hard to see. <laughs> I spend a lot of time with them in the morning, like I pet each one of them, kind of give them a look over to make sure everybody's healthy. They get water, they get food, they get like a grain mixture, but then they also get hay, which is dried grass. And in the winter, when there isn't as much for them to eat naturally, you'll give them a lot of hay so that they have a very consistent diet um, and they still get all of the nutrition that they need that way. But it's a lot of a lot of time, um, but I try to make it as flexible as possible so that the goats they're never like, it's 4.30. Oh no, what's going on? <laughs> Keep them guessing, I guess, because I mean, even like with time change and everything else, it kind of throws all of us away. And animals seem to, it doesn't really matter. I know my dog, for example, she's so trained. It seems like, you know, every morning at the exact same time, you know, she's wanting to go outside. She's wanting to eat. And as much as I try to like, you know, like do things like kind of pawn it off. She lets me know. So I can only imagine with the goats that they would be trying to get your attention like, hey, mom, even in different time changes. When they are hungry, they are very noisy. And there's seven of them. <laughs> so there's a whole chorus going on outside. <laughs> so do the goats like sports? Do they have any teams that they are going towards or any kind of sports or do they watch football hockey basketball what are your thoughts so they themselves could be like their own entire sports team they they're very physical they like to they like to play a lot they like to run um but i am part of a fantasy football league for work i'm not really into sports i I'm just really competitive. And so I was like, sure, I'll try this. So one week, Tom Brady wasn't doing well. And one of my coworkers had him on his roster. And so I was like, I'm gonna like, throw some shade. And I was like, Tom Hanks could have had a better week than Tom Brady last weekend. <laughs> and everyone on the group chat's like, Oh, <laughs> the goat versus the greatest of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank Audrey for being on my show today. And you know, really telling everybody, especially somebody like myself who grew up in the city, and doesn't know a lot about goats. They are such cool animals, you have enlightened the airwaves and something that's just so fun. And you can't help but smile when you see these goats, when you hear about all these stories and stuff. If you don't have a smile on your face, something is definitely not going your way that day or something. But I'm so excited that you shared. I have new friends. 
I do hope one day that I'm able to come to your property and get to meet them personally one day. But in the meantime, I will definitely be keeping in touch with you and making sure everybody, it's like they're my new little family now. Y'all are family since we met. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on the show and thank you for enlightening everybody about the goats. Thank you so much for having me and being able to just use the goats to spread joy. That's basically my whole point in life. Like I feel like I, I'm so blessed to be able to have this farm and it's so pretty and I feel selfish hogging it to myself. I just want to use it to share it with people who wouldn't normally be able to have access to it. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Gums and Gossip and your host, Hope Lloyd. If you liked what you heard, help us spread the word by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts. And tell a friend. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, we welcome your support on Patreon.